of danger To everyone he meets He stares a stranger Whatever move he makes Another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow Secret Agent Man To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, G-Dub himself, Garrett. Doing good. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. My name is Marvin. Comic Book Podcast here to tell you what the comic book's coming off for this week. Review some. Talk about a book club. We got a little extra for you today uh, uh, on the review side because we just couldn't help ourselves. So we got that coming up here in a little bit here. That's a little secret agent, man. I couldn't figure out. I was trying to figure out like a detective song. Because we had two kind of detective stories, and uh, that's as close as I got. So, um, Every, so uh, for reference, when I was younger, I always thought it was Secret Asian Man. Oh, uh, obviously, I got older and smarter, so not a problem. Secret Asian Man. I don't know what you thought that song was about. <laughs> Uh, ninjas <laughs> uh, there we go there's Pastrello as always I didn't start the show as I always did don't I always go welcome to Wednesday Comics first thing first thing I did was introduce Alex so there's a little different so. uh, here we go and let's get right into it because we have a lot of reviews uh, this week I mean not a lot we used to wait more but uh, compared to weeks past so um, hey first episode of season 6 not that it fucking matters <laughs> it's just a way to hey! keep it organized uh i like the way it looks and uh it bugs uh mr uh, tom divine i heard so uh not that's not well, what i do i, uh, I hope everyone uh hope everyone liked the uh, season finale of season 5 like the cliffhanger it was nuts yeah we didn't know, know missed, <laughs> whether or not uh garrett would survive and he did so i mean that's a, I constantly think- i always think about that so <laughs> um well actually uh tom divine made me remember we did get a voicemail uh on halloween from uh a certain somebody so let me pull that up here um here we go sergeant america coming at you boom let's see your secretary put all the o's on that one uh, hey guys, uh, I was just calling to let you know I have not been able to read the books that, uh, you guys recommended. Uh, you know, I, I will definitely, Alex gets those. I, I'm, I, they're sitting on my to read pile. I know they're going to be superb. You're always the best pick. Uh, but instead, I've been looking for that, um, that Texas blonde you guys keep recommending. That Texas blonde. <laughs> I've been asking around about it. Nobody else is talking about it, but uh, you guys and uh, I can't find it anywhere. I found Debbie Does Dallas, and but that was I don't think that's what you guys are talking about, is it? Otherwise, you know, hey, you know, keep doing that uh, talkity talk you guys do. I love it, and uh, thanks for making these overnight shifts uh, a little bit better. Hope you guys enjoy your day. Happy Halloween! I don't know why our secretary Alexa thought that at the end there, Sarge said "Happy Halloween" song because he literally says nothing after "Happy Halloween." I think it's just the extended. Oh, by the way, uh, Sarge, since you asked, uh, the secretary did not put extra O's in coming at you. She just put it coming at you. She actually understood. So there you go. Um, there we go. There was the voicemail we got this week. We got some more voicemails, but they uh, as ever since. Uh, uh, um, that Russian episode, uh, it's just silence. So, 
<laughs> so uh not sure what's up with that so here you go uh as i was talking about before so uh he's uh still trying to catch up on uh what was that the end league uh we did find uh number two if you're up for it sarge is also on there go to read them back to back that's six issues right six eight four i thought i thought it was nine altogether so four and five if you want to read it, it go, why would you do that to yourself i don't know maybe you want to test your limits you know what it's I do? Every- when you read multiple sad books and you make yourself want to cry, this is one where you read shit books and you just keep reading more shit. Uh, uh, just throw yourself into the traffic. I'm going to be honest. With comics, I really can't do it. But for movies, for film, for the cinema, Alex, uh, every once in a while, I will watch an intentionally bad movie. And I don't mean bad, like funny, like people are like, oh, this is so bad, it's funny. I mean a bad movie because I need to have a palate cleanser. I need to know what's bad to have a baseline. <laughs> So, for instance, one of uh, uh, the worst movies I've ever seen, um, the uh, fifteen seventeen of Paris, I believe it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, who direct? Didn't Clint Eastwood direct that? It is a Clint Eastwood movie, but everybody in the movie is, are not actors, except for, I think, Jenna Fisher's in it. But everybody else is actually, um, like, the main people, the main three guys, or the actual guys. So, what the movie is, basically, they stop a terrorist attack on a train to Paris, and they're part of the... U.S. Army, and they're like, uh, they're not on, they're on leave or whatever you call it, on vacation. But anyways, the whole movie is like tension being like, are these guys going to survive? And I'm like, they're from the fucking movie. What do you mean? Of course they survive. They're in here. They're right there. They make you think like, they might die. No, they won't. They're acting right here. I know who they are. (laughs) Plus, they're not actors. And so every line read is, is so wooden. I don't know. I watched the movie twice, by the way, um, just because I can't believe how fucking bad it was. It's because it's mainly because of that. I don't think Clint Eastwood's that bad of a director, um, but those guys not being actors was a bad choice uh, to be like, hey, let's retell that story, but let's have yeah, they're not actors, Clint. All right, they might have been heroes and <laughs> stopped the church attack, but they don't got acting chops. Looking for just finding three other guys. I did watch in uh, his uh, most recent one, not his most most recent one. But the one before that, the mule, was that the last one, or was it? By the way, I have a. Uh, I watch Clint Eastwood movies. I watch. I watch the mule. I watch that one about the Atlanta bombing, and he has a new one that just came out. Um, I forget what that one's called, but um, uh, they've been getting better ever since that one. Because I wanted to see once again. I found a baseline of how shitty that movie is, and I'm going to see him succeed. So he's been doing good since then. <laughs> At what point uh, does he need like a? Pole to like keep him to stand upright because like well how's that guy still acting? <laughs> you know the thing about Clint Eastwood and his directing style is that he only does like one take. He doesn't have time to like get the right take, and so he'll be like, "Okay, go," and they'll be like, "All right, that's a wrap." And the people, I don't know if that was the best take there, Clint. And be like, "Yeah, we got time. Let's go." Um, <laughs> and so much so that I don't know if you ever seen the Lone Sniper, uh, but there's a baby scene in there, and the baby that they the actor baby that they were using was sick. So they couldn't get a baby that day. And instead of saying, hey, how about we take today off? We'll go find a different actor baby, bring him in. They were like, hey, go buy a doll. So there's a doll in the scene. It's clearly a doll. Um, <laughs> and they make it like cry like by putting in sound effects. It's so bad. So anyways. Cinema. <laughs> that's what started my uh, Clint Eastwood watching. and Because uh, um, I wanted to see. I like seeing a scene and being like, that's the one they took. Like that's He was like, I got to hurry up and get out of here. Let's go. Like you hey, said. You yeah. know what? 
you know, a movie hasn't come out and it, it kind of bothers me because I remember the, the anxiety I had for, I was thinking of fight scenes all of a sudden and I thought of the raid and then the raid two. Uh, I want the raid three to come out and see how excellent those fighting scenes are. I thought it did come out. I know it's, when? I didn't see it. Oh, never mind. It didn't. That's because he got that Godzilla movie. No, it's not him, is it? Gareth Evans? Uh, no, what did he get? The, he got the guy from Star Wars. Yeah, he got that. He got uh, Rogue One, and then he got kicked off of that movie. And uh, instead, they brought in um, oh, what's that guy's name? I forget what his name. Anyways, that's why he's not doing it. So, uh, you know what? Not comic book related. And I said we weren't going to waste time. And guess what? Clint Eastwood took over. So, uh, here we go. Coming out this week. Uh, this one here, I don't know if it comes out the 9th, which is today. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, we have Demons, uh, uh, number two. So this series is one of Comixology Unlimited's like, original series. It is available via that website. If you have the subscription, it's free with the subscription. You can also purchase it on Comixology. And we found out before that eventually it'll come out in print via Dark Horse Comics. Uh, but uh, we have Demons, number one. Scott Snyder uh, signed a deal with Comixology for eight books. And I believe this was the uh, first one. And uh, Garrett, what do you think? Uh, it's fucking amazing. Um, it this is a book about. Uh, oh, it's hard to give it. Can away I say one thing before you talk? What yeah. it's about? I'll read. Actually, let me read the yeah, synopsis read for this. But also, I want to say that not only did Scott uh, sign a deal for eight comics, he also said, "Hey, let me get my friends to do my books with me." So he's got this one with Greg Capullo. He's got one with. Uh, uh, Francisco, uh, Mac- no, yeah, Francisco, and then he's got another one with Jock. You know, he's got all those people he works with. He's just like he's got hey. one with Francis Manipool. Yes. So everybody that he's ever worked with, that's who he is. Uh, so here we go. You know what? Not to spoil issue number two. Let me read number one. The conflict between good and evil is about to come to a head when a teenage hero embarks on a journey that unveils a secret society, monsters, and mayhem. Um. From the superstar team, writer and artist, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, this is part of their deal, yada, yada, yada. So anyways, uh, Garrett, I know what you're talking about. It's hard to explain, but it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's almost like, so uh, Tom King was kind of like this when he was doing monthly comics. Every once in a while, you know, you would get a bad run or something like that or something wouldn't be as great. But you could tell there was good there, and then once he started doing stuff that wasn't that stuff that needed to come out like super on time, and he could be a little more free with it. You saw that yes, he is a good writer, and I feel like that's what this is too. Like when you say, "Hey, you have you can do whatever you want," and Scott and Gregor can do whatever they want, you kind of get to see like this is almost like metal, but not restricted with like what they had to have in that. Because I think metal started out as we're not even metal. What was the first one they did? Was it metal? Uh, I think it was metal, yeah. Where it's, then it went to heavy metal. Yeah, because it started off as like this is its own thing, and then eventually it became continuity, and they made it a big thing. And I feel like it kind of got messy after that part. But anyways, talk about the book. Yeah, so uh, I mean, demons fighting demons, uh, demons possessing people. So this book is heavily about demons and a group that uh, wants to take on those demons. Um, and I don't, again, it's hard. I don't know why I, I shouldn't have picked this because I really don't want to say much about it because it's so good. But Greg Capullo's art is as amazing as always. And yeah, Scott Snyder, you know, when we 
You know, we always bring up the, the thing where if Scott explains too much that it gets uh, really bogged down, and I don't feel that way in this book. Uh, you know, I believe the first issue is 50 pages, um, so a lot of content to dig into, um, and by the time you get to the end, you're so excited for issue two, so I can't believe that's already uh, out this week, because I just read issue one last week, so super excited. Issue one, yeah, it came out October 5th, um, and then this one. Um, let me just say this, because it is hard to kind of not spoil this. The beginning of issue one, I'm going to say this, it, it, it technically is a spoiler, but it opens basically with this girl, lady, woman, uh, in somebody's living room. Seems like two, two enough nice people. And, uh, by the end of it, she's like, and, uh, she's like, and what these people don't know is I'm going to fucking kill them. So, I mean, it's kind of like that's how it starts. And basically, if that sounds like, oh, that sounds intriguing, then that's what it's going to be. But a bunch of, uh, he said, uh, if religions, religious stuff makes kind of queasy, it does have religious stuff in it, but it also is going to be very violent, it said. So, uh, that's what you have with this. So, it is very violent. And like, I would say reminiscent of like Greg Poole's like spawn days. So, it's, it's graphic. There you go. Robin and Batman number one, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Uh, obviously the greatest team from Descender. I've read the whole thing. <laughs> Legend of the story of Batman and Robin reach mythical proportions. Uh, proportions. Yeah. Uh, the crime-fighting dynamic duo almost wants up ahead of criminals they pursue and never meeting a case too big. This isn't that story. This is the story of a young Dick Grayson, newly orphaned, struggling to find his way in a strange, difficult, and dark new world. This is the story of Robin and Batman. So there we go. The Creative team behind the Eisner Award-winning Descender, as I told you, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn reunite in Gotham City to tell a story of a remarkable young man learning to navigate in an incredible new world. So Jeff really doesn't do any kind of big two stuff unless he's guaranteed to, you know, be able to do what he wants. This is a three-issue mini. And so I figured, you know, it sounds good to me. You know, Jeff Lemire, one of our favorite writers, uh, one part of the brothers, and uh, Dustin Wynn's art we always la- uh, love. So... Uh, this I saw this on the list, and I was like, "No way, Jeff Lemire doing a DC book? I'm in." So yeah, if if you wouldn't have put this on yours, I definitely would put it on mine. Like I'm so excited for this, and like prestige format. Uh, Dustin Wind art. I mean, like it's been so long since the last issue of Ascender came out. So I'm just like, when's Dustin Wind going to be in another book? And here we are. So and Batman and Robin. Like we get some Dick uh, Grayson and uh, Batman. So. Mm, we'll talk about both those guys a little bit later. Uh, May's book, number three, speaking of the Lemire twins, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, uh, Wills and Melikani building inspector who's been grieving the loss of his puzzle-loving daughter after getting a mysterious phone call. Well, this is the same solicit as last month. I think they don't want to spoil it, Alex. Well, how's the book? I, you know, I haven't even read number two yet, but uh, I saw the, the Jeff Lemire film <laughs> dramas, and I already told the boys, I haven't been reading shit. I read three books for tonight. That was... Like, world record right there. Uh, but I couldn't leave Jeff and the twins out. I mean, they, they're important to us. What uh, up. What game are you playing, you said? As Metroid Fusion from 2002. Mm-hmm. On the Game Boy Advance. Okay, go ahead. I didn't like I'm playing Dread. But I watched Dread get played. And I had to play. I wanted Fusion, so I found Fusion. Played it. Haven't beaten it. Too scared to fight the SAX. Uh, I played Metroid Prime. I'm, just, I'm on a Bounty Hunter run. I got to kill things. All monsters, all animals die in this game. Maze book. 
Um, yeah. it, it doesn't give any kind of different uh, synopsis than the second issue. There's a, a, a dog on the front of the third cover here. Um, it looks like, uh, what are those dogs called? Uh, Wiener Dog? What are those called? Dachshund? 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 Is that what it's called? Dachshund. But Dachshund. Dachshund. We got Dachshund here. Uh, anyway, so there's Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, the twins, also doing great work. So, um, what's the furthest place from here? That is Matthew Rosenberg, Tyler Boss, a triple sized first issue from the team that brought you four kids walking to a bank. The world has ended. All that remains are gangs of children surviving among the ruins. But Sid believes there might be something more out there. When she disappears into the wastelands, her gang must risk everything to bring her home. A story about the things you that matter most, your survival, your loved ones, and your record collections. Here we go, a little post-apocalyptic. You know, I'm a little post-apocalyptic uh, depressed right now. I watched that movie Finch with Mr. Tom Hanks. Depressing. Was it, I mean, depressing but good? It was good. Actually, it was, yeah, it was way better. I don't know. I've never heard of I saw a commercial, one commercial. I was like, hey, yeah, let me check that out. And I watched it. So I had really no expectations or even knew what it was about. And I really liked it. Um, I think you two would like it. Alex actually would like it a lot. And uh, Alex will hate it a lot at the end. So there you go. I'm sure I will. <laughs> uh, Stillwater number 11. Uh, Zadarsky and Mike uh, Spicer, Ramon Perez. Who are the true masterminds behind the courthouse explosion? And what do they really want? Alex. Yeah. Man, look at that foot on his face. That's a kid's shoe. That's someone kicking ass That's right converse. there. Teaching old people a lesson. The guy's got chucks on his feet. Not even tying his shoes. You know there's a kid. More importantly, I bet this kid is from the post-apocalyptic world kicking ass, taking names. Uh, again, you know what? I never read the slingshot, slingshot issue. Who gives a shit? I know <laughs> you it's haven't good. read it yet. <laughs> no, you guys pulled it on the show. I didn't need to read it. Uh, I know it's good. You know, Chip has shown up for every issue. Chip has written for all these books in the last it is eighteen good. months. Have been fantastic. We got the old baby hanging around, and so uh, I feel like he's almost like the job of the hut of this group. So we'll see eventually if what happens with that guy. So he can't speak really, but he's got thoughts. <laughs> Maybe they'll put some sort of uh, thing in his brain that can allow him to speak. So, uh, by the way, if you were, I guess your your vocal cords wouldn't be built, right? If you're a baby and you were alive for forty years, but you still stay the same size as a one year old, could you speak eventually? I would doubt it. All right. Yeah, yeah. eventually. I mean, I guess you'd still be able to strengthen your stuff, but like your voice, but your voice would never change. You'd never have a deep voice. Um, no, I don't think their vocal cords would change because they can't get hurt, right? So you, it doesn't grow. Like it needs to break, right, to grow. Like muscles need to tear and stuff to grow. So uh-huh. I don't think it would work, bro. I mean, you can't even work out at that place. I mean, you can, but nothing's going to happen. Jesus. Registers <laughs> for Vengeance number two. Rick Remender and Chris O'Halloran. Andre Arado and Sonny digs into the dark web to discover the Blue Jackal's next victim. He soon realizes he's not the only man on the job. What do you think, you're Garrett? Uh, did you guys read issue one? I have it. I haven't read it yet. What book is it? Righteous uh, Thirst for Vengeance. Don't ask that guy. He no, just, no, he's too busy Sorry. in 2002. He'll get to this eventually. <laughs> Um, the first issue, uh, I dug a lot. Um, it is, the character honestly looks like Benedict Wong to me, but, uh, 
this book is like the art's incredible. I think that uh, it's very early on um, into the story, but you can tell there's some seeds of this uh, man who's kind of looking for uh, these people that are associated with this sex trafficking crime. Um, and he happens to bump into um, a would-be uh, killer, I should say, uh, when he stumbles upon a crime scene. So uh, I think it's going to have some personal stakes for this character, uh, as well as interacting with an ongoing uh, conspiracy to commit murder. So uh, so far, I've been, I thought of it. I thought issue one was good. Uh, you know, we don't learn too much quite yet, but I think this is going to be one of those recommender books where we, you know, get seeds and then it'll all grow at, at, at one point and everything will make more sense. So I thought issue one was really good and the art was so good. So there you go. Uh, sorry, I was looking up something and to make a joke and now it's gone too long and now there's some awkward, uh, pauses here. So, <laughs> uh, I was, you said murder. So I was going to play. Quincy, when he's like, this is no accident. This is murder. Uh, um, I was thinking more like Mudduck from The Office. But... How much you want to bet huh. that they're making a reference to Quincy? Oh, we... Anyways. Uh, there we go. The coming know. out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Who the hell's Quincy? Quincy M.E. is a medical examiner. From what? TV show. Quincy Emmy. Oh, uh, that must be when I wasn't born yet. It was when I wasn't born either, but I know it. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, Are you sure you weren't like 13? Let's see when it came out. Actually, I might have been born. Let's see. Quincy <laughs> Emmy. Quincy Emmy ran for eight seasons starting in 1976. No, I was not alive. Oh, that's when they didn't cancel anything. It's <laughs> actually. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, <laughs> M-E... You think it's murder? God, I just so badly want to play that clip now because I mentioned it. and <laughs> You're like the only one that'll get that reference. Unless, the, you know, who knows? Maybe there's people that I've never heard of it before at this exact moment. I bet Sergeant will know it. He'll get a response. We'll get a response from him. Hmm. He's well versed. He's well cultured. All right. Uh, well, the comics coming out for this week, uh, the second week in November, time flying, as it always does. Uh, as I like to explain, the last two years are a blur and have seemed to be going fast and slow. Um, feels like the last two years have been ten years. So we're almost done with this one here. Then we go to the twenty twenty two. A lot of to- a lot of toot 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 sounds. Uh, I'm always going to go two thousand twenty two. You know, I'm going to go long form. What do you think, Alex? Sounds way better. 2022? 2022 just doesn't just doesn't roll off as well as 2022. I don't know. 2022 doesn't roll off as good as 2022? <laughs> no, because it's, it's got more finesse to it. I think when instead of saying legitimate, you say legit, which I'm guilty. I say it all the time. But sometimes you got to say the long form of words. Get that sentence out. Work on your enunciation, your diction. Get it out there. <laughs> yeah, work on your dick. Shouldn't. Uh. I didn't stutter, so I shut the hell up. <laughs> there you go. Brought to you by RainbowComicsAndCards.com, your definitive source for all things comic books. Go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com and you can order those books. And you know what? Even that uh, 
uh whatever was it called again we have demons um uh eventually we'll be out in print so you can get that there there we go for that alex what's the weather look like uh today was not bad yesterday was actually not bad either um what do we think tomorrow? Last well, days have been pleasant. Today is probably the last pleasant day we'll have, at least in our uh, neck of the woods. I stole that from Al Roker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Tomorrow's going to be starting to get a little cool. You might get a little, some precipitation. Um, but you know what? Come Friday, South Dakota's going to have some snow. East I know. Dakota. I was like, what's this bullshit I saw Thursday and Friday? Uh, snow on the forecast. When I, wa- when I watched the quote-unquote professionals, and they've got 12 different scenarios of how that snow could come down. Uh, some say it's two inches. Some say it's no inches. It's like, you know what? Here's what you do. You go outside. Lick that finger. Put it up there. How much it freezes. How fast your hand gets pulled. That's how you know it's going to snow a lot. I'm guessing 2.3 inches. Here's wow. A, I'm looking at a forecast right now for the National Weather Service, Alex. The professionals, as you call them. And... Uh, their confidence on the track of this storm, low. Their confidence in the exact amounts that they know, low. The precipitation potential, their confidence, moderate. Some, you know, a lot of low confidence here, Alex. It sounds like you have high confidence in your what you're saying. You know what? I Again, when you're a uh, quote-unquote professional, they're using machines. Machines <laughs> make mistakes all the time. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you've heard it multiple times on this show. More often than not, I'm right on the money. I'm going to ask you a question because uh, I did not leave the house today. Did it rain today? No. Uh, it, it, did ever, it did where I'm at, which I'm only an hour. Uh, well, this is a day, Sioux so. Falls forecast where me and uh, Pastrello are. Whoa. And, and it said Wednesday, rain likely after one. And if it didn't rain, then maybe Alex is right. Maybe their uh, their fancy machines don't know anything. Were either of you outside exactly at one o'clock or after one? Actually, I was outside because I went to lunch. Well, who goes to lunch at one o'clock? I do a lot of times. I'm pretty sure it's clear who that was. Speaking of uh, clear, uh, the Human Target book one, Tom King, Greg Smallwood, uh, the DC Black Label book that came out last week. um, Tom King had just finished up. Strange Adventures, and he said, you know what? I can't fucking stop. Here we go. Human Target. I doubt that. He probably wrote all of them uh, long time ago. But anyways, the um, cover of this first one, which you really don't know what the cover means until you get to the end. It shows a lot of people pointing uh, guns at our friend over here, Mr. Uh, Human Target himself. And um, uh, the concept, as we mentioned last week, is that he is uh, for hire. He pretends to be the person so that he gets assassinated and not the person, let's say, Alex. And I take over Alex's place for him. Uh, and then they kill me and then I figure out who it was and I stop them. Um, I become the human target. Do you understand? Anyways. I think I get it. So anyways, Greg Smallwood. I haven't seen Greg Smallwood's art since his uh, Moon Knight thing he did uh, with Jeff Lemire. Uh, he comes back in this issue. I'll tell you one thing off the, the bat here. Fantastic. Uh, Hell yeah. the coloring style, uh, everything about it, it, it just, I don't know, it pops off the page sometimes. There's a, when him and Lex are talking, I know a lot of people usually would make like a boring, here's a, here's my pet peeve of, across all medium, all media. Here's my pet peeve is when two people are having a conversation 
and all you do is cut back and forth between the two. You know, just fucking do something, bro. You know what? Show the power dynamic. Show a little foreshadowing. Show something. And in this one, I like that we actually get some of that. It's not just a back and forth, back and forth. Like, there's even some panels where you see Lex, like, kind of behind inside the panels. And then uh, there's ones where we see our hero. What was his name again? Kind of straight. I don't know. Mr. Chance. Yes, Chance. And he's in front of the panels. Uh, drinking. He's like, you ever take a bullet to the chest? First thing it does hurt. You can kind of see like who's in control of that conversation. And then he starts coughing and shit like that. And he realizes he's, he's in his car and he's trying to drive and he crashes into the tree. And that's very different than what we, we were just seeing. Um, it's very quick. It's very like, you don't see a lot of close ups. You don't know what's going on. Like he, like chance. And so, um, as, uh, art wise, Greg Smallwood, fantastic. I can't, I can't, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't fault this guy. It, it, this book, I feel like this issue, especially uh, art-wise, uh, flawless. Yeah, I would agree, because, like, I think, at least for me personally, all the art that I've seen with, like, Greg Smallwood is, like, probably just Moon Knight, and uh, he usually, is, like, did dark palettes, and everything was dark, and, like, he used shadow work and whatnot, and, like, this was awesome to see the opposite of that, see, like, brighter colors, and uh, like, yeah, brighter color palettes because uh, it really made the art pop. And there's a lot of shadows too, but instead of being dark shadows, it's like purplish, purple, and like this kind of uh, fuchsia uh, color and a lot of those kind of colors. So it makes it seem like almost like a 70s kind of uh, look um, in 70s, 80s, which is kind of appropriate because at the end he figures out. So basically, Chance is stepping in for Lex Luthor because he thinks Lex knows that he has a hit on out on him. He gets shot in the chest at a conference pretending to be Lex, uh, but he's wearing Bulletproof Armor, and they get the guy. Um, but he slowly realizes that he was poisoned before that event, and they were trying to poison Lex. So he's like, who would want to kill Lex? And uh, Dr. Midnight, the uh, doctor to the heroes, uh, Dr. Midnight calls him after he examines some of his blood, I believe, uh, or the poison, and he says that, hey, uh, the uh, poison traces came back and the thing that's on them is only kind of associated with one group because they went to this other dimension one time and they all came back with it and it's the justice league international so it has to be one of them which it's like would they kill try to kill lex luther possibly they're heroes but maybe one of them's fed up and uh the last page is uh classic kind of posing of them and that now the, now the cover makes sense yeah, the cover, you see the cover now, and you're like, oh, okay, that's who's pointing stuff at them. I mean, it's kind of apparent, and obviously you see Batman's battering, but um, now you know why. Uh, and so one of them accidentally poisoned Chance instead of Lex, and the whole uh, series is going to be to find out who it is and why. And I think that is a very intriguing uh, concept. I did not expect that. Even when we read the synop- synopsis, I thought he was going to be more Lex involved, but it looks like it's more about him trying to figure out what hero try to kill Lex, and why would they do that? By the way, I got my suspicions. All right? I had, I had one person that popped in my head when I saw that they were on the group. Uh, I don't know. doesn't quite fit his M.O., but I could see it being him. Who's that? Booster Gold. You know what? I thought that Tom King's already muddled his uh, uh, reputation <laughs> with him killing... <laughs> people uh in that uh heroes in crisis story 
Oh, Heroes of Crisis. That Batman story, whatever the fuck it was. Um, What's that? I say it was Batman, right? Batman, yes. Um, Mr. Miracle, he's also kind of muddied his a little bit. Not really. It was more that he was fighting with his family. Um, so I can see those two be a possibility. What do you think, Garrett? Like on who the killer is? Oh, what do you think about the book? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, no, I uh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, obviously, you know, you see Lex Luthor in there right away, and you know, he, I think he's one of the most uh, conniving evil supervillain there is in the DC universe. So uh, it was kind of interesting to see the human target uh, doing a play uh, to keep him safe. Um, and it kind of, with this angle of the story, it's it's kind of fun because it's putting these heroes under the, uh, you know, the microscope being like, which one of you is crazy enough to like hate somebody so much that you would kill them to, you know, quotation marks, save, save the world or save uh, people from Lex. So um, I'm hoping that means there will be a lot of uh, Superman world cameos. Um, but I think I think it's an interesting uh, point of view coming from protecting a villain uh, as opposed to protecting a good person. So, you know what, the, the interesting thing, and it's always Tom King's way of doing the book, is that Tom King has chosen characters that do not get the limelight and then writes such fantastic stories that are so enthralling and get your almost get you super pumped. Uh, I read this first issue. The art was so phenomenal, almost looked like uh, Mandible art. If I didn't know, it was Greg Smallwood. And uh, I'm more interested in this character than I ever thought I would be. And I think that does have to do with the fact that, like you said, he is. He even says, "I can't believe I'm doing this job to protect Lex." Uh, he really is kind of a douchebag, and all my friends that I know hate him, but this is the job I was hired for. Uh, fantastic. I am so excited for issue two and to see where this book goes and how much of a runaround we get as the reader. Um, anyways, uh, not anyways, sorry, I didn't mean that. It was just, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck you, Alex. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Alex garbage. I was just going to say uh, earlier anyways, what I was going to say is I think it's uh, my money's on Rocket Red because that guy's a fucking uh, cop. Uh, he used to be uh, a commie Russian. Who knows what they're fucking up to? You know what I mean? Um, Whoa, Marvin. Yeah, Marvin we, we barely survived. Yeah, come on. What? Hey, just put that target back on us. Hey, still one of the most popular episodes in the last couple of months, that one. So, um, yeah, now this one remarks, man. Yeah, they're swinging for uh, for winter and then you're going to start seeing some uh, Bolsheviks around here, man. You think that's what happens? You know, they wait to winter and then they invade. Yeah, I mean, that way they can camouflage. Winter is coming. <laughs> Uh, exactly what you said, actually, Garrett. Uh, the intriguing part is now the story behind the story is like, not only is it about now who killed Lex, but why would a hero want to do that? Is it basically kind of what that crazy guy was saying in the beginning? Like, you guys let this guy keep going on and on and what he's done to this kind of world. Superman puts him behind jail, behind jail, behind bars, and uh, he keeps getting out. Like, maybe somebody finally has to do something. So we'll see. You know what? I also have money on Guy Gardner. Could be him, too. No, nah, not really. I don't think he's a killer. He's a definitely a dick. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be a poisoner. At least he'd nah, beat the shit out of him. He would. Yeah, he would punch him with his head. You know what, Captain Adam? 
Might be him. Hey, uh, I'll just say in the original uh, Superman Batman series, Captain Adam turned into a murdering dick, so. There we go. I'm going to bet money on Captain Adam. Captain Adam or that Russian? Rocket Red. <laughs> you were, god damn it. <laughs> go for Marvin. Marvin <laughs> first, and then Alex, then Garrett. When they show up with a mega red Marvin, we'll know who he's there for. There we go. There's that book. Uh, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 10, because I actually really did like it a lot. And when it ended, I wanted to read more. So that's a 10 for me. 10. I'm going to go with a 9 spot. Uh, I did like it. Um, it was, But I didn't think it was perfect by any means. But I, I thought the story was intriguing and uh, definitely excited for issue 2. And I do like that it's kind of already set up the foundation that's going to be 12 issues, more than likely, because of the 12 days. So I do like that. That's kind of baked into the first issue. Yeah, me too. I thought it was on the cover, even though it said it was out of 12. I didn't see that if it was. There we go. Uh, Next on the docket here, Dark Knights of Steel, going back to DC here. Another. Let me go back to the first page here. Is this Dark uh, Label book? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just a limited series. 12 issues. No, just limited series. Mm-hmm. 12 issues. Uh, this one's the age of 13 plus, you know? And 12 issues of high epic fantasy. I, but the digital version, for some reason, Alex, and I don't know if the print one did this, but it starts off with the cover, and then the next page is an ad for this book. That's, well... For all the digital ones, yeah, I've noticed that with every DC book, the first page, yeah, cover, second page is this. So, yeah, it looked kind of stupid. Like, Dark Knights of Steel, and then, coming soon, Dark Knights of Steel. It's like, it's I fucking like, got oh, the book shit, in my I'm head. reading this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it did. And if it did, I didn't even notice it. Okay. Uh, anyways, Dark Knights of Steel is uh, uh, Tom Taylor and uh, uh, Yasmin Raputri, and... Uh, Tom Taylor, let me tell you about Tom Taylor real quick. Um, there was that book he did, The Seven uh, Secrets. What was it called? Seven Secrets. All right, Seven <laughs> Secrets. Uh, and I really, I gave it one issue and I was like, I don't know if I like this. But everything that I've tried, I like uh, Injustice. I've liked what I've read of it. Um, the Superman stuff, Son of kal was very enjoyable. And then also the... Um, God, what's the other book he was doing? Oh, over in uh, Marvel. Um, Lights Out. Oh, Dark Ages. <laughs> Lights Out. <laughs> Dark Ages. <laughs> and uh, so I like... Uh, so anyways, I, I feel like uh, I like that he, what he does with the Elseworlds stuff. And so this one here is basically what would happen if the DC Universe existed in, in medieval times. You know, King Arthur kind of times. Uh, Knights of the Round Table. Um, Monty Python. Uh, and Holy Rail. And uh, at the beginning, when uh, Jor-El and his wife, uh, what is, what's his mom's name? Laura. Laura, that's right. They, instead of, it kind of like sets it up as the original origin story. They sent a rocket to Earth and yada, yada. But at this time, it's a pregnant Laura and uh, Jor-El instead. And she's like, he's coming. And then uh, all these knights show up and they're like going to kill them because, you know, back in the day, any kind of foreign uh, person you don't know about, uh, get rid of it. Rather than, that, rather than be like, hey, you question everything, Alex, back then. <laughs> um, and uh, Jor-El uh, fucking blasts them all, and they all turn to ash. Uh, well, actually, their face kind of turned like an Indiana Jones, uh, the guy at the end, instead. 
not Ash. Uh, Raiders, they melted their faces. And Kal-El is born, and then we get a kind of a jump um, into the future. Well, first we get a little Constantine. He's like, oh, shit's going to happen. And they're like, oh, talk Constantine. Uh, and uh, Black Lightning is there also. And then it jumps ahead 19 years. And we get a 19-year-old uh, Kal-El and Bruce Wayne. And, you know, a lot of this seems like they're just going to tell a Superman-Batman story in medieval times. But the twist that we kind of get towards the end is that Bruce is actually the bastard son of Jor-El and Bruce's actual mom, Martha. Martha. I don't even know. They didn't even say if it's Martha or not. But uh, whoever his mom is in this universe. And so Batman actually is half Kryptonian. He's got a little bit of power, baby. And we know because when Black Canary, the Banshee, tried to yell in his face, he survived. And he only got a little bit damaged. Uh, and we find out that he has a little super in him. At first he thinks it's magic. He's like, fuck it. Jor-El, you know what? Banish me. Banish my ass. I can't... <laughs> Because they don't like magic, right? Because you know, Superman and all that, the Kal El, the the L family doesn't like magic because it's the only thing that can hurt the supers. And so he's like, "Banish me, get me a fuck out of here, bro." And he's like, "I'm going to hurt you guys. I got black magic in me." He's like, "Oh, bro, hold on, it's not black magic. I fucked your mom, and that's how you came. So, you know, you're a bastard son. You're a bastard son." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, it's not black magic. It's Jor El. All right, um, a little Kryptonian magic." Um, and so, <laughs> he, and that, the thing I don't understand when Jor-El's like, at the end, he's like, he's like, that's why I wanted you to be king, bro. You hit the, the two kings in you. And it's like, no, I mean, the other guy's not really, I guess he was his father because he thought that was his kid. But I mean, technically, he's still your kid. What about Kal-El? That's your fucking kid too, bro. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so he wanted Bruce to be king, but everybody thinks he's a bastard, so he can't be king. Uh, anyways, Bruce has his Robins. He's basically the security force. He's the knight. Uh, he's the Bat Prince, as they call him. Which I find ironic, because they call Joker the Prince of uh, Crime, and uh, now he's the Bat Prince. There you go. Um, but they're, they're, they know that a magic uh, person's coming to kill Jor-El, and they think it's uh, the Banshee, but no, she was just there, and they you know took her out. Uh, I think Kal-El slaps her side of the head, and she passes out. You know, a, little, a little karate chop. Um. Yeah. No, he does. Actually, he does like a face. He does like a a palm to the face. Is what he does, which actually is pretty fucking dangerous. You know, he could have you know busted her nose all the way up into her brain, Alex. Hey, I respect that. Um, respect both options: the silent takedown in front of them, and or uh, the nose break. Jarell, basically, what happens is Callow shows up when Bruce is getting his ears blown out, and it, <coughs> you know. Alex, you think you would go after a banshee and you put something in your fucking ears, right? Not Bruce. I guess he's not prepared Bruce, in this universe. This Bruce is stupid. He <laughs> he's did, 19, he bro. All of his yeah, in. I was going to say, he's only 19, guys. Like, come on. He's 19. Hey, Bruce Wayne in, in uh, prime time. That boy can do whatever he wants. At yeah, you're, uh, you know what? I'm on your side again. He could have put some buckwheat in his ear or something like that. Um, so, Kal-El He's even got his cowl on Like his head is shielded in that cowl That helmet Hell, you know what, the sound waves probably got in there and reverberated harder Because it's made out of steel Who knows um, So kal wanted to go originally He's like, man, come with you, bro And Bruce is like, motherfucker, magic will kill you He's like, magic kills you too What the fuck are you talking about <laughs> We'll be equal <laughs> And so Um Cal actually shows up and covers her mouth, which 
come on, Bruce, didn't you see that shit coming? He could have ran in there and covered him up in two seconds. You can't do shit. Um, and then that's when he karate chops her in the face. Oh, palm strike, excuse me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jarrell says, hey, Bruce, buddy, you're my kid, bitch. Um, and then Green Arrow and Green Lantern. I'm assuming it's Green Lantern because he has the Green Lantern ring, but it could be anybody behind that fucking ring. Who knows? They call him the Green Man. Uh, he shoots an arrow, and that's what I'm saying about that. This fucking son of a bitch, Tom Taylor. He uh, made me love Joel because Joel's like, "You're my kid, and you should be in the throne." Fucking arrow to the eye, bro. Boom. <coughs> Con. And uh, Bruce's I- eyes turn red, and you know shit's gonna go down now. So, what do you think, guys? Um, the book. I thought this book was fucking amazing. Uh, what a cool concept to like switch some origin stories up and like see the relationships of these characters uh, interacting with one another. Uh, <coughs> I thought that like the plot itself was so captivating, especially that part where Dorel dies because like it kind of reminds me of like Gladiator when Marcus Aurelius tells uh, whoa. Uh, spoilers when he tells Maximus that he wants him to be the next uh, emperor. Yeah. Um, that's why, and like, I like that, you know, only Bruce knows that. So like, he's probably going to keep that a secret, uh, because obviously Superman or Cal is next in line and, you know, it's cool to see green arrow and black canary. And I, I feel like we're going to see more associated characters, uh, you know, which green lantern is this? Is it, uh, is it Hal Jordan or is it Sinestro or is it some other Alan person? Scott, maybe? It's Joker. It's not Joker. It's Joker. I'll tell you this. Um, if it's Joker, the... I'll tell you this. If it's Joker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dock this book points, right? Yeah, it's not going to be Joker. Keep the Joker out of it. Um, even though there is Harley Quinn, there is a Harley Quinn, so there could be a Joker, I guess. Um, but I thought the costume design was fucking amazing. Like, the art was so good, but the costume design just looked epic. And, uh, you know, Alfred, I like the supporting characters, like Alfred and all the Robins. Uh, no Damien, I noticed. That's lame, but maybe he comes later. I guess Bruce is only 19, so he can't get the giggity giggity on right now. So um, My favorite Robin was uh, Jason. And when he goes, when Batman tells, or um, when Bruce tells Jason, uh, I'm going to stop having you be the negotiator because a lot of people seem to wind up in comatose with you. <laughs> Maybe laugh. Instead yeah, talking, I like those simple, simple nods to their costume. And, like, you know, you still got Dick Grayson wearing the blue and Jason and Stephanie and all them. So um, I had a blast this first issue. Um, By the way. It felt like epic in scope. And... Um, first off, me talking that whole about the, what that issue is about. Um, ruined my throat and I'm coughing <clears throat> and uh, I ran out of water. So anyways, uh, that was my last big rant of the show. And, but I wanted to ask, so is Bruce 19 or is he younger? Because if he's 19, that means him and Laura landed. She just had a kid and this Jorah went, you know what, let me fuck somebody else while I'm here. So, I mean, it seems kind of weird that he would cheat on her like right away in a foreign planet and not doing anybody. And uh, uh, so he's probably a little younger. That makes sense. Yeah, maybe he's only seven, sixteen, or seventeen. Or maybe he's older, and Dorel had already escaped there once, did his business, came back, 
Uh, I think my only thing I struggled with is that when they showed up from the spaceship and they were already, I, I don't know, it didn't, it, it felt like we were in Kansas still, and yet I know we're not. And I almost wish that they would have changed names just a little bit. Like, I wish it wasn't Bruce. I wish it was something Bruce like, but not literally Bruce. Bruceable? <laughs> well, I, I mean, add a little more, not just it's Bruce Wayne. Hey, man. Said thirteen plus. You got to be thirteen and know who these characters are. I I think my daughter, who's three, would know who Batman is without even having ever seen Batman. They never say Batman. They say Bruce. It is called Dark Knight. Literally looks like the Batman. His his outfit was the one that bothered me because all they did was add a sword to it. Like, come on, give him some different color. Yeah, that's armor, man. That's like metallic armor. That's like what he wears in Batman Night, Arkham Knight. So, no. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to give this a 10. And uh, spoilers, I'm probably going to give all three books a 10. But anyway, go ahead. 10. Yeah, 100% a 10. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we're going to see, like, some other characters besides the ones we saw in this first issue. So, I'm excited for that. And maybe we'll get a sequel to this series. Even though it's only issue one. we got 11 issues to go. Nine. Really? This is nine. Sorry, go ahead. Nine. I know, I just talked over you, so uh there you go, say clean. I think the uh cover, right, had Oh no, it only had the people that are in this book. For some reason I thought the cover had Wonder Woman on it too. I thought I think the original solicitation I think did. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I th- Mercy when I Wonder Woman this morning, I thought she was there too. Holy fuck guys, what if the Green Lantern character is like Merlin? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, next up here we have Newborn Newburn, excuse me. Newborn. By uh Sadarsky and Jacob Phillips, um, from Image Comics here. It's about uh our buddy here and our buddy. <laughs> Newburn. And uh dude uh is the private eye for the mafia. The band, not the mafia, everybody, all the gangs in New York. And he basically keeps peace between them. Not peace, but he does. He basically is the the unbiased detective just to figure out what's going on. And then they can deal with it, whatever they want to. The cops actually uh, give him a little pass because they give he gives the purpose to them every once in a while. Uh, and so we get a little insight into their relationship in this beginning of this book. Uh, but in this first issue, he's solving a crime. It's a very kind of like... Um, old school detective kind of book. He's kind of an older dude. Uh, and I'll to let you know what, the way that this first issue played out, right up my alley. Loved it. Jacob Phillips, fantastic. And, uh, you know, my meme Chip. I like Chip. Chip's, Chip's one of the best writers today. Yeah, I, I, you know, for a second there, I got so engrossed in the art that I was like, am I reading that Texas blood? But, um, yeah, the story was so fun and unique, and uh, for a second there, I thought, like, he was an actual, like, you know, detective for the police force, and then, like, literally two pages later, I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot that, I forgot what this story was about, I just remember him being a detective, um, but I forgot he was kind of like the mafia, uh, whatever, uh, consigliere, um, so this story was awesome, and, like, I love how it had, like, there's an overarching story, obviously, but I like how this 
what the mystery of this issue got solved in this first issue. And like, it was kind of like a whodunit because at the end he kind of lays out like all the bits of the crime. And I was like, holy fuck. Like usually in like a comic book, if there's a mystery, it's like, all right, you, we got you for the next year and we'll tell you in, you know, 12 issues, what, uh, what happened, what this first issue really meant. So it was kind of refreshing to see like a detective, Solve a mystery in the same issue that the mystery. That's what I kind of like. Presented to us, he's so fucking good. Nothing got past him in this first issue. Like that sets up this character already being like this guy. Like he's not some new guy. This guy's been doing this shit forever. Like even when that guy just pulled a gun on him, that Russian guy. He, you know, once again, fucking Russian trying to pull a gun on him. Uh, <laughs> he hits him with the uh, little. What do you call that, Alex? Baton. Yeah, yeah, the new batons, the collapsible one. And, oh, that uh, was fucking sick. That was such a cool scene. And the guy comes out, he's out, he's new around here. And he goes, it actually was amazing about this first issue, though, that this crime, because the guy ran away, he runs into so many people throughout the neighborhood. So we get introduced to a lot of characters in this first issue. But as you say to Garrett, like, it all comes to a conclusion. And I feel like every character that we get introduced has enough of a spotlight for the amount that they're in. That you're kind of like, okay, there's the Russians here, there's the police department here, here's the mafia people, and when he talks to that one guy who took over his dad on the phone, and he's like, uh, first off, you don't call me, I'll call you when I have something. He's like, who the fuck do you think you are talking to me like that? And and our buddy over here, Newburn, puts the phone down, he's not even listening to him, you kind of get, you know, he doesn't give a shit. What's he going to do? He knows he's untouchable. And meme at the end, when he finds out that it's uh, Miss Carla here. And uh, she points a gun at him, and he's like, "I know who you are. Fuck, I can't kill you." But he's uh, he can't untouchable, baby. Um, and <laughs> for some reason, really made me really like this concept of this book. And he's like, "I need your help." And so that's kind of how it ends. And the next cover has uh, both of them on it. And so it's going to be a nice little uh, detective kind of story. But it, like you said, an overarching kind of uh, story in the background. So um, fantastic. I thought the journal pieces were funny too. Like, were not funny, but they were great. Except for yeah, there was that one that said "just fuck" as the journal entry, and I died laughing. I was like, "That's that's good." It, Emily's a cop, right? What? Uh, I believe so. That I didn't know because they. I kept thinking it was his, but I think it's the female cop that he meets at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed when he goes to the prison, or not the prison, but the interrogation room. And he's talking to the young kid who stole the, well, supposedly stole the coke. And he goes, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to jail for 10 years. Uh, they're going to take care of you on the inside. And the, the guy goes, well, that wasn't legal advice. No, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. And then he leaves. It's like, fuck you. I already took care of everything. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that he was a cop who then got caught up in with the, the mob or all the, the gangs and all the groups. Uh, super good. It's like so fantastic that I saw the, the Phillips art and it didn't even look like Phillips art. It looked like a whole different book and that it really got me excited. It's not as dark as that Texas blood. It's almost kind of like, even though there is still grim, I mean, not even grip. We didn't even see that dead body. Like they, he didn't show it on screen, which he didn't like. So it's not really that violent of a first issue. It really is kind of... It almost seems like a 70s, 80s TV show detective where it's like it's more about this character than it is the violence behind the crimes or nowadays they kind of focus on the crimes. And as you stated, you're like, he's so fucking good that he can solve this and it's not really about 
can he solve the case? It's like, yeah, he's going to solve the case. It's more about what happens along the way that we're interested in. Um, I don't know who Emily is. I just just looked throughout the book uh, real quick, and that cop at the beginning calls Casey. And uh, there's never an Emily mentioned in this book. So I don't know if that one girl lied about what her name was. She said her name was Carla, but her name is actually Emily. And that's why she says fuck, because she got caught. Uh, I don't know. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Like you mentioned before, spoilers. I already threw it out there. Um, it's a 10 for me. Chip, I feel like, is on a fucking roll. Like, I writes comics in a way that, like, I think I say this with Stillwater all the time. And uh, he writes in a way that doesn't feel like I'm reading something. I don't know if that makes sense. But he writes in a way that you kind of just watch it happen. And by the time it gets to the end, I'm like, come on, bro, I need another one. Um, and I think that is always when I know that a book is really good is when you get to the end and you kind of get a little pissed being like, I want more. Like, why was this so short? And then you look at it and realize being like, oh, okay, this thing was like 32 pages, 40 some pages. It wasn't short. It was just really good. So. 10 all the way. This was probably my favorite book that we read tonight. Nice fresh story. I'd give it a 10. I thought it was really compelling and like, yeah, it definitely left me wanting more by the end. Hey, what's that little story at the end? About it's the jeweler? It's just a backup I saw. I'd, it's just a backup? Okay. It doesn't give any I credits? Think it's gonna, I think it's going to connect. I think it's still by the same creative team, but it's just going to connect. There we go. I like that too. It was really quick. Um, The uh, robbery scenes where it's like mostly done silently uh i really enjoyed i thought it was really uh fun it's a weird word when some guy got his that was more violent than the actual issue that guy got his face kicked then and he comes out saying help me and he's all bloody that's way more violent than the whole issue was um but it kind of reminded me of you guys seen uh uncut gems with adam sandler i have not first off i think i've said this before the show feels like you're having an anxiety attack for for 90 minutes that's but. why, like, I haven't watched it because Hashtag Guess Us One told me about it. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to get in that mind space. Dude, it's like it, when you guys warned me about Last of Us Part Two, and I was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm happy, I'll go in. And then after, I was like, man, life kind of sucks. You know what it is? Is that <laughs> in that movie? This is the basic concept. It, it's not spoiling anything. He's in debt with some people that he needs to pay back, and every time he gets the money, he blows it. Like he gambles. Uh, and every time he does it, you're like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, you know you're going to get... It, that, that's why it's anxiety-inducing the whole 90 minutes is because he's always on the run from people trying to get take money from him and he's always trying to, like, hey! And he's, like, doing a, a side deal over here to make some money just to give them a little bit of money be like, hey, I'll get you more later. And so, I don't know. It's And it never stops. He literally is, um, like, walking around New York City the whole 90 minutes. Anyways, that's what it's reminding me of, mainly because that, that character in this uh, issue kind of looks like him in that movie. Um, but also he's a jeweler, so it kind of made sense. Uh, there we go. Uh, then, uh, finally we have our book club book, right? Garrett, what's it called? Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Sheets by Brenna Thumbler. There <laughs> we go. So every time I go to say it, it makes me laugh. Alex, what happened in this issues or these pages? Uh, let's see, what's her face? Marjorie, she wakes up, seeing, uh, she sees the ghost for the first time, Wendell and her, uh, they converse for a moment. Actually, through the door. He scares her. 
she goes and hides behind the door. Talks to her. And, uh, that's all I remember. <laughs> the weird thing is that I, I read this book, and every time I read it, I actually zone out reading this book. The story is so compelling, and yet I cannot stay focused when I read it. I have True. to read it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome because, like, yeah, we're getting the interaction between those two. And, man, do I wish that this was a superhero book so, like, Batman or somebody would beat the shit out of that yoga guy. Like, what a prick. And I feel like Wendell is going to pull a Casper and help uh, Marjorie out and kick this guy's ass because he needs to be handled. Because he's a lot. It's the the two other, or not the two other girls, that other, what's her, what is the bad girl's name? Um, God, what is it? The girl that wears too much makeup, they're at the pool, and Marjorie decides she's not going to go swimming, and it's a flashback to her mom, who I imagine must have drowned. Yeah. They're at the beach, and they, they show you her, the mom on the gurney, or a woman on the gurney. And Marjorie's just kind of sitting there sulking and just like, I don't want to do this, but it's part of the classes to do swimming. And uh, the bully girl walks up behind her and shoves her in the water. And I just like, I've, I've been pushed in the water. I'm not a strong swimmer at all. And all I wanted to do was have Marjorie grab her by the feet and pull her in, which probably would have killed her because she would have hit her head on the concrete and then drowned. Um but Marjorie takes everything in stride. She is so so busy thinking about her family and trying to make sure she does right by her dad, whom we have not seen in about 80 pages. Uh, the little brother came down to check on her to see what was going on. And it just it blows my mind how much girl, how much this woman, this young girl, what, 13, 14, is having to go through, and how poorly she is treated by many, many a people, whether it's the yoga guy, uh, the mom of the bitchy girl or just the bitchy girl. It almost is like too, like <clears throat> according to the swim teacher, um, Mr. Duncan. Yeah. Dun- I want to say Duncan, I thought. Yeah. Mr. Duncan, like two years ago, she was pretty, not, nor- I don't want to say normal, but she was more active and not just, you know, sitting there and not trying to be uh, socialized. And her mother really like, she really needs help after that traumatic event. She can't even get in the water again. In which she used to be a good swimmer. Now she's acting like she can't swim anymore. And uh, as you stated, like the people in her life right now that she has, none of them are really kind of good for her. Mr. Duncan is trying, but she's got, you know, the dick who's trying to ruin the, her business so he could take it over. The bully, as you stated, uh, Alex. Um, and basically anybody who goes into that fucking laundry place, by the way. I, it's like, dude, she's fucking, what, 14 years old, and they act like, hey, I need this pressed and clean and everything right tomorrow, and if it's not good, uh, so help me. And it's like, dude, this girl's 14 or something like that. Um, there's actually a couple different different styles on this uh, these pages. We have, obviously, the Wendell when he was back in his uh, ghost world, how that looked. But in these pages, we get Marjorie in that world, but then Wendell tells a story, and it's almost a different kind of style that uses negative space to be kind of like a darker story in, in the ocean. Kind of like a little bit about how he died. I'm not sure if it's real or not, or if he's just a, kind of um, putting some flash around the way he actually died. And then later on, where was it? There's another kind of style. Um, 
What part was that? I'm trying to click through it real quick just to see what I was thinking about. <clears throat> oh, like kind of, it's not really a different style. It's a different coloring kind of style with the uh, corn maze. And that looked a little different too. And so um, I give props to uh, our, our pal over here, um, Mrs. Uh, Brenda Thumbler, um, because it's like, I like to change up the style no matter like what kind of world we're in. Not also because it helps, you know, us see which kind of place that we're in, but it also helps us uh, determine. Well, I already said that. It, it helps us. It's by the way, it's fucking hot in here right now. I'm sweating. <laughs> uh, it helps us determine where we're at, but also I like the change in the kind of look. I think it's a good choice. Um, I think maybe actually I read more than you guys. What did you guys read up to? I did to one thirty-two, but I mean, I did to, to one twenty-eight. Oh, okay. I've been doing 44 pages every time. I did up to 134. Yeah, but I'm so. trying to like, find the natural stopping point. Yeah. So if I'm going to lead into the next scene, I stop. There. Um, so I was going to say something about what happened in the pages, but I don't think you guys got that far. So um, I'll say that for next time. But I really enjoyed this book a lot. And Alex, what, what was the what you were saying? You can't pay attention? I zone out the whole time when I'm reading it. You know what? It's... Like the- like, the book is good, but I think the part is that there's not... You don't have to read it. You just get to enjoy it by the pictures and by the visuals that generally that would keep me enthralled. And yet, like, the, the artistry is so calming and so relaxing that I end up kind of just going, oh, and swiping over. Without even having to look. I'm just like, oh, that's fine. That's nice. Okay. And then I get to them talking, like, I don't even know how I got here. So it's like when you read the same paragraph over and over again, I have to go back and backtrack again. It does read really quick. So, I mean... There... Did you still hear me? Oh, Jesus. What was that noise? Yeah. Um, I know, it like blacked out. <laughs> I know, wasn't it? Did you hear that it was like a plane taking off and all of a sudden it stopped? Um, uh-uh. Oh. Did I black out? <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, I don't even know what the fuck I was going to say. Anyways, good choice, Alex. I like this book. <laughs> I might be dying right now. Who well, knows? Well, it makes up for the last choice I had, so. It's definitely a 180 from the last choice you made. I'll tell you that much. Uh, there's an ad, actually, in a book that we read today um, for a different book um, by our uh, pal. Is it Brian K. Vaughn? Did he write that? I think he might have. Anyways, there was a book uh, preview for a book that's been out for a while. But I saw, and it kind of reminded me of this book a little bit. No, it was Ed. Ed Brubaker. Yeah. Marcus Martin. Friday? Yeah, Friday. Okay. I saw that, and it reminded me kind of this. Um, and I think what you were stating, like, there are a place for these kind of stories that really are character-based, that kind of... I mean, there's not much plot to this book. Uh, it doesn't really like you're not intrigued by a mystery or intrigued by any kind of action, but it really kind of is one of those stories that you stick around for because you like the characters. As you said before, like Marjorie, like you want to see her win. And so that's why you stick around. And so um, in that sense, like if you like those kind of books, I think this is for you. Definitely. Which actually I spoke about earlier, Finch, that movie I watched. And that movie's kind of like that, too. There's not really any kind of plot. Uh, there's a plot. Um, but, and there's stuff that happens, but it really is, you're watching it for 
the characters in that movie, and uh, this movie very much feels like that. So uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I really like these characters. Uh, as you stated, it is kind of a, a book that you kind of get lost in, but I feel like it's uh, a warm, f- uh, fuzzy kind of lost. So almost like I just did a second ago. I think I blacked out. So here we go. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Sheets by uh, Brenna Thumbler, as uh, Garrett states, part of our book club, right, Garrett? That's right. Wednesday Comics Believe Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents. There we go. Uh, Sheets by Brenna Thumbler. Also, Dark Knights of Steel, number one, Human Target, number one, and New Burn, number one, by Zadarsky. Um, uh, you know what? Chip has like a book every week, bro. He had Daredevil last week, he had New Burn this week, and next week he has Stillwater. That dude does not stop, bro. Dude, I think this is the year that it's Chip versus Jeff. Because, like, there was, a mo- there was a little time at the beginning of this year where Jeff wasn't really putting that much out. Now Jeff's back hot and heavy. Chip's in hot and heavy. So I feel like it's the it's the battle of the writers. Because mm. Jeff knows that in six weeks we're going to talk about our favorites. And he's got to put in some uh, some effort. Tom right. Taylor's a strong contender as well. Tom King. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Tom King for me. Well, I don't know if not for Alex. He's wrapped up the top three right there. Jeez. I mean, we know uh, top three uh, comic books for Alex. One's going to be Rorschach. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the weird thing when I, I read uh, Human Target, and I almost not didn't feel like Rorschach. This was much more enjoyable for me. But there are moments where just like them talking back and forth, I was like, this feels like a Rorschach. Esque run, uh, but give it give it a chance. The coloring was fantastic. The art was fantastic, and I enjoyed this character. Uh, Rorschach, go to hell. The book, go to hell. Worst book I ever read. You don't think it's that it's that Soviet Union fuck Rocket Red that did this? Nope, nope, nope. Because I don't want them coming to my house. I don't want them sending <laughs> Omega Red over here. <coughs> Rocket Red, not Omega Red. Come on, bro. He's not that good. Uh, there we go. Wednesday Comics six oh five. They really have over there that they're gonna send. Yeah, that's true. They have the Winter Soldier's coming for Garrett. Omega Red's coming for me. And Rocket Red will come Rocket for me. Red's gonna come for you, Marvin. Because I talk shit about him. Guess what? He's just some dude in a fucking suit. I'll punch him right <laughs> in his face. Oh my god. Uh, Wednesday Comics six oh five at gmail.com Go there. Wednesday Comics Go there. Uh, just renew the domain so fresh and new. Uh, there you go. Wednesday Comics has all the information you need. How to subscribe to the show or follow the show. All you want to do. Um, also go there and you can find our merch page and, uh, you know what? I haven't said this in a while, but leave a review, whatever kind of pod cast, uh, player, whatever you use, uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, leave us a review. Always helps. And, uh, while you're at the website, you can click and look at our merch. Um, and, uh, you know what? Maybe you want to want to wear a Wednesday comic sweater. It's getting cold. As Alex said, snow's coming, baby. Got to wear something nice. Got to wear a nice little toboggan. It's toboggan. Is that what it's called? Nope, that's a sled. <laughs> What's the the hat that you wear? A beanie? No, it starts with a T. I don't know. Top hat? Toboggan. <laughs> uh, there we go. 605-215-1849 where you can call leave a voicemail, especially if you're uh, of the Russian government, as you've been doing. You know, I got you, right? Leaving these little small messages, five. You know what? They're never the same length. So that's what's weird about it. It's like three, five, seven. Uh, who knows? Maybe I need to bump up the uh, the silence and I guess I got something in the background. Who knows? Um, that's because we know you did that shit, bro. Those people on the hill over there? Remember that story? We know it's you. Uh, 
Um, some secrets were, you know, open another dimension or something like that. That was that was back matter. Never mind. Uh, that was the scary tales. Um, what else might I need? Rootsofswampthing.com, definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. And RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Visit our sponsors there. Visit us on Twitter at Wednesday Comics, at Garot2188, at the AP Keaton, and at Marvin So, excuse me, Marvin underscore So, bro. Um, you know what I saw, bro? Twitter uh, is going to, there's going to be starting a, a paid subscription. You can pay three bucks a month. You get some additional features. One of them is you can uh, undo your tweet. And redo it. Whoa. I know. People have been asking for that for years. Now three bucks a month, you can do it. I'm going to start a pass. <laughs> All right. Me too. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think that's it, boys. Nice week. It was one of my uh, favorite weeks reading comics. And who knows? Next week, uh, Chip's going to be back in the uh, in the old uh, chair with Stillwater. We got some other books coming out there. We got the Robin and Batman from Jeff Lemire. We got the main I was going to say... To be honest, we got to read Batman or Robin and Batman next week. Mm. We can do it. My name is... Grade A choice. Garbage. Until next week, if I'm here next week, unless Rocket Red comes for me, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Everyone, stay warm and keep turning those pages. And taking away your name. you find